This is A Penny for Your Thoughts. I'm Farrell Styers. We're just getting back into the swing of things, coming off the summer holidays. So today we've got a short episode for you. But don't worry, a full one is in the works. And today's episode is the first installment of what we hope will be a pretty regular segment on the show. The segment is called Rumor Has It. And in each installment, we'll dig into a rumor, myth, legend, whatever you want to call it, about marketing or market research. And these rumors aren't reserved for just those of us in the market research world. Everyone's heard something about the clever ways companies try to attract buyers. It could be anything from where a given item is placed in the store to the smell of a nearby bakery. We take this rumor myth and do the research for you to decide if it's true or if it's not. The first installment of Rumor Has It focuses on subliminal messaging, and more specifically, one persistent rumor about the movie theater. And to get a feel for what people know, or think they know, about subliminal messaging, producer Felix Rumpf and I went out and asked. The marketing tricks where you add the extra screen to the commercial, which like subconsciously makes you buy things. The one I hear about the most is when you're like, well, I think it's an American thing, but you're in the the cinema. They show really short fractions of an image of, for example, a cola or uh, or something to eat. And then they like splice together a, uh, a clip in the middle, which likes like go to the lobby or some shit. It's so short that you don't really realize it, or not consciously, but somehow your brain sees it and takes it over. There's a message underneath the, the surface message that they're giving that triggers you to do something. And then it, it, it is said that you would feel more or crave more um, for eating something or drinking something like the brand that they showed. And do you think it works? Um, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I wouldn't know. I would guess that if it, if it exists, they probably do it for a reason. And if it doesn't exist, then they don't do it for a reason. I don't know. Well, I guess they did research for it, otherwise it would be stupid to implement them. I hope it doesn't work, because I would not want to be subconsciously influenced by buying things but on another hand maybe it works yeah because i think it's illegal now so so probably it works they don't have breaks anymore in the cinema now so it's less useful now you buy your stuff before you enter the movie and for them it's it's not really useful Uh, that afterwards you are hungry or thirsty Clever reasoning. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, when there were still breaks in the cinema, it makes more sense. You think they have used it back then? No, they weren't that smart yet. So that's the lore. But our producer Felix came to the studio to tell us the reality. I started by asking him to just remind us what subliminal messaging actually is. Subliminal actually means below threshold. And what that means is that um, the message gets registered by your brain, but you're not becoming actually consciously aware of it. So you don't know that you received the message. And um, why that happens is because there's just too much stuff going on around us at all times. We can't uh, keep track of everything. We just don't have the processing power for it. Um, So how do we survive in our actual environment? How can we deal with everything? It's because we have this handy little gatekeeper in our brain that just forwards the most relevant stuff 
so that you can deal with it, well, in a conscious way. Like a, a textbook example for this is the cocktail party effect. Uh, I heard that uh, term a lot in my in my psychology lectures. Um, it's it's an actual textbook example. So what that is is something most people can relate to. You're you're at a party and you have all these groups or the, all these people standing around in small groups talking through each other. And if you're standing by it, it's just background noise. Everyone's talking. It's just this like murmur. Until someone mentions your name and suddenly you're aware of that, first of all, that someone mentions your name and then of that specific conversation. So to be able to do that, you need, your brain must have kept track of the stuff that was going on in order to identify someone mentioning your name. This is sort of the psychological equivalent to the concerns around OK Google or Hey Alexa, where if these phrases wake up your device, it means they must have been listening all along. And with Google, optimally, it just forgets everything like that it doesn't need. But for us, the stuff actually has an effect on us. And uh, the question is just how big of an effect. So, for example, what we call intuition or gut feeling. Uh, well, the popular theory is that basically this feeling that we have that we can't really put into words where it comes from, it's because it's based for a large part of like this kind of background noise that we just processed in the background and that still gives us a, a hint or like an, has an uh, impact on our decision making. So Felix says yes, subliminal messaging is real and has some sort of effect. So how about this persistent rumor about the movie theater? So subliminal messaging effectively works by hiding a message within that background talk. So you could think about someone hiding a message within this mass of people speaking each about their stuff. This is one way to do it in research. You can, you can mask a signal or a message in lots of background noise. Another option, the one that is most often used, is to just use a very short signal, a very short message. In fact, so short that it doesn't pass that gatekeeper, this th threshold, and uh, just stays unconscious. Most often, these two actually get combined. So you give this very short signal and mask it with some background noise uh, just to prevent the brain from uh, applying kind of delayed processing. So it's actually proven that messages that are being submitted like that or sent to you like that actually have an effect on the people without them being aware of it. Okay, so, I mean, most people don't really know about the cocktail party effect. Like, psychologists do, everyone who knows about psychological research does, but outside of these circles, like, okay. Most people probably didn't hear of it. Uh, so, I was thinking about ways to illustrate the point with a more, like, well-known example, with a kind of a pop culture reference, maybe. So... Turns out the perfect way to do this, uh, at least I think so, is with the well-known Fight Club scene. Um, I think most people know the movie Fight Club. In the there's one scene where they are in the cinema and the main character, actually the two main characters, and uh, the one guy works there. And what he does is he's cutting movie scenes together, but puts little clips of like different scenes in between 
very short so that people aren't aware of what they have seen in between there, but it still has an effect on the audience. In fact, he's splicing single frames of pornography into family films. Nobody knows that they saw it, but they did. They nice. basically just wanted to fuck with people. Like, they they just wanted to spread chaos. Um, but the question then is, how do people or can people use the same technique, the same principle, but more with a commercial mindset, uh, with, a, with a commercial agenda? You want to have a controlled reaction in your audience, basically. But Fight Club wasn't the starting point for these rumors about movie theaters. The story is based on an incident that happened all the way back in 1957. I think the best well-known example for use of subliminal messaging is also like one of the earliest, or at least the one where the general public became aware of what subliminal messages are, or at least that it exists, uh, is this incident or this report of James Vicari and Francis Thayer, I hope I pronounced the names right, who published a study in which they claimed that they increased popcorn and Coca-Cola sales in a cinema by I don't know, something like 50 or 60%. Um, by showing subliminal messages to the audience without them obviously being aware of it. It is, in this example, it is an image. So what they do is show like two frames, one or two frames of either Coca-Cola, just the, the logo, or I think the words popcorn. This is when people became aware and also afraid or angry about subliminal messaging. Like, no one likes to be manipulated that way, of course. It seemed like we are not in control anymore. What is with free will? And, I mean, of course, people become upset. So that's kind of the, the urban myth around it. Okay, we know what subliminal messaging is. We know where those myths come from. But is it true? Are we all being manipulated to buy things through subconscious messaging? So there, of course, as so often in reality, it is not as easy as it sounds. And it turned out that the data which these two gentlemen reported was completely fabricated. They, they made up this bogus study, basically. Uh, never happened and the cinema which was supposed to be associated they didn't know about it okay so subliminal messaging works but subliminal advertising probably not just because you run into too many practical issues trying to set it up basically most studies that were done around subliminal messaging happened in a very controlled environment and even then you find quite small effects so you can influence people, but it's really not as game-changing as many people believe. Also, it kind of you can illustrate it uh, nicely if you think about advertisement clutter. So there are all these different brands screaming for your attention, trying to bring their message across to you. And brands are having this problem right now. They... There's just too much of this stuff around. You get drowned out. Like your message gets drowned out by all the other messages. You become part of the background noise. The brands can't 
shout louder anymore. It's like they reach the maximum, the maximum threshold. So the same dynamic goes on with subliminal messages. There's just so much information around, as I also said in the beginning, that all the the controlled messages need to compete with this background data that might or not uh, might not be relevant to the individual. Um, furthermore, the threshold of the people differs. So for some people, you might need to show like a 200 millisecond clip and for another one, you need to show like a 300 millisecond clip. And if you, you could say, okay, you can just go for the average and that's fine. Some people might miss it. But the bigger problem for, advertis uh, for advertisers then is that people who for whom it's long enough to become aware of it that they would get really upset because they realize what is happening and the backlash would be... Like, brands really would like to avoid that, I'm sure of that. So this is pretty much why it doesn't pay off for, for companies to employ such a tactics on a, on a large scale. It needs preparation, it needs usually a, a controlled environment and just the, the payoff isn't big enough and the backlash would be too big. It's too big of a risk. And for what? Like for, for really a handful more cola sold or like a handful more of bags of, of popcorn. You can sleep sound, let's put it that way. The, the general principle works, but the practical application is just, there's no way to make it feasible. So there we go. Subliminal messaging is a real thing and in a controlled laboratory, you can even measure its impact. But the chances that you're being subconsciously manipulated to buy more Coke or popcorn in the theater is pretty much zero. Now we found out a lot of other cool stuff during our research for this episode. So if you still wanna hear more about subliminal messaging, subscribe to the show, because we may do a full episode that dives deeper into this. For those of you who are new to podcasting, go check out our website where you can learn how to subscribe and receive new shows as soon as they come out. If you're listening to this show sitting at your computer with a pair of headphones on, it means you're probably doing it wrong. Check out insights-consulting.com and click on the podcast page to learn more about podcasts and about the stuff you heard in this episode. This episode was produced by Felix Rumpf and me, Farrell Styers. I also mixed and edited the show. On the last episode, I forgot to thank Robert Davidson for help selecting music. Thank you, Robert. Additional thanks goes to Ugne Mikulinaiti and Hannah van der Haare. Thanks. See you next time. <laughs>